0: In this recording, I'm going to be jumping into the encounters and the dreams that I had leading up to uh, the word that I spoke in the last podcast. Uh, But before I do that, I want to start by sharing just a little bit about what this is about. And this is the things that the Lord has shown me about the time and the season that we're in in this generation. Um, It's not talking about the return of Jesus. However, it is talking more about a transitional generation, a generation that's going to experience the rise and fall of powers, the rise and fall of kingdoms, um, which would now be governments, coming into the last elections when everybody was saying to build the wall, and we were hoping for Donald Trump to get reelected, or some of us weren't. Um, the Lord had shown me that our wall was actually falling down. The Lord had shown me America like a wall that had been built up. And I saw the spirit of this age, which was the, the spirit of the antichrist um, pounding against it, but not being able to get past it. And the Lord loosed the spirit of this age to break down the wall and just begin to sway the hearts of nations. And with that, it was leading to persecution coming to America. And as persecution came to America, it was gonna allow the spirit of this age to, to do even more horrendous things in other countries and governments across the world um, in a way that he can't do them right now uh, because of what America had stood for in the past. But that is changing. Coming into the elections, um, the Lord had talked to me about a few things that I needed to be praying for and that we need to be praying for as a people that could hasten or lengthen the time. So hasten the time that bad things will happen or lengthen the time that we have to prepare. Um, In the last word that I spoke, I said that winter is coming and it is coming and we need to begin to prepare for the things that are coming ahead. I had been told that if Trump stayed in office, it would extend the time that we have to prepare. He wasn't changing America. He wasn't going to make it great. But he was actually a dividing line and solidifying the direction that we were going in. He was emboldening the line of division that's taking place in this nation and where our heart actually is as a nation, but not actually changing the direction so that we can look and see and go, there is something happening. There's a shaking taking place in America. And as the elections were coming um, before they were all finalized, I woke up one morning, I saw a vision of Joe Biden's face and he had this sinister grin and his face was tilted down and he was looking up and Everything about it was malicious and intent. And as I saw his face, I heard this roar. And it was a roar for lawlessness. And it was the heart of our nation with him, roaring for lawlessness, desiring lawlessness in our nation. At that time, I didn't know who would win the election, but I was very disappointed (laughs) when Biden won the election uh, because I knew it was shortening the time. And for the upcoming election, I'm not sure if Donald Trump getting reelected or not will change things. I just knew it for that specific election. Another thing that we need to be praying against is the lowering of age of consent between adults and minors. The enemy's main target is the youth of this generation. In 2019, the Lord had spoken to me about basically the age range that he is targeting, and it was from a, basically age seven to 18. And a big deal about that is as they become adults with what he's doing, they will actually desire the transition of this nation. They will want it. And the next thing that he told me to pray against was the lowering of the age of voting. So to pray that they would not lower the age of voting down to 16 or whatever they might consider lowering it to. Because if those things happen, the things I'm going to share uh, that the Lord showed me in these dreams will happen more quickly, and it will be worse uh, for us long term. And right now, the time frame, as I get into these dreams in the future, in 2019, the Lord told me that over the next 10 years, I would see the major events begin to take place that would bring forth what He had shown me in my dreams. So after this encounter for the next two weeks, I would have either a dream, an encounter with a demon where I would fight with the demon or both a dream and I would fight with a demon. And as I was fighting with the demons over the course of time, um, I actually enjoyed that part. And <laughs> the presence of the Lord would fall on me. I'd begin to feel like I could just tear them to pieces. And when the presence of the Lord would would come upon me, um, the, the demons would just instantly flee. And I remember asking God, if you could just give me like, Some brass knuckles or put his name on my knuckles so I could just punch them with his name and drive them off like that. But that didn't happen. (laughs) But anyway, I'm not going to share all the dreams that I had. Um, They were pretty gross and disturbing. Uh, They were just full of lust, murder, violence, and just horrible things. But I do feel like the last dream I had has some relevance to what's going on right now um, because. In this dream, it was actually, it was a man and a woman, but in the dream, the woman was dressed as a man and the man was dressed as a woman. And when I saw them, I knew that they were serial killers and that they were dressing this way because they wanted to come off as less intimidating, less threatening, that the woman would look like a petite man. And even though the man was regular size, because he was dressed as a woman, he was less threatening, And so they were able to get people's trust easier because they didn't look like a threat. And I saw them as they were going out and seeking their next victim, uh, going out to uh, clubs and bars. And after seeing them going out looking for the next victim, I saw them go back to the building that they stay in. And I saw the person that they were going to murder that night. And as I see this, I begin to try to intervene in the dream and to go to help this person when that happens I wake up, and when I wake up, I see this demon in the corner of my room, and he had a reddish color to him, and his face resembled something like a dragon. And as I see him, I begin to call on the Lord, and the presence of the Lord comes into the room, and the demon flees. So that was the last dream I had. I think it's relevant because it's speaking to what the spirit in our nation is actually doing. The spirit of lust and murder actually go hand in hand. They both are basically doing the same thing. The spirit of lust and murder are both imposing your will on another person and imposing your desire on another person's body, even if they don't want it. And the spirit of lust is completely contrary to actual intimacy in the way it's supposed to be in marriage, because in marriage, it is the surrendering of your will to another person. And they both are defiling another person's body, which is the temple of the Lord, And one of the reasons why the enemy in this hour is targeting intimacy so much and the spirit of lust is because when you're willing to defile your place of intimacy, physical intimacy, it's that much easier for you to defile your place of spiritual intimacy. So after having that last dream, the next night I go to sleep and when I wake up, there's a demon in my room again, but this time the presence of the Lord is not with me. And the demon at the foot of my bed, it looks something similar to like a werewolf. And it, it had um, that same look to it where it was just darker than everything else in the room. And so as I'm looking at this thing, and I know that the presence of the Lord isn't with me, I go to move. And I'm trying to think like, how, what am I going to do? How am I, I going to fight this thing? And as I go to move, it shifts to the side a little bit and it makes this growl, and I knew with the way that it moved and its growl that it was ready to tear me to pieces if I moved again. So I just stayed still, and I kind of laid back a little bit, and as I went to lay back a little bit, there was another demon behind me that I did not see, and as I go to lay back, it holds me down, and as it's holding me down, it's able to restrict me from speaking, and that wasn't the first time I'd experienced that where – a demon is able to stop you from being able to speak. And when something like that would happen, I would usually just call on Jesus in my head until I was able to move my mouth and speak out of my mouth again. And um, as it's holding me down and I'm trying to call on Jesus in my head, this demon on the side of me that I didn't know was there as well puts its hand up underneath my armpit and the other hand it puts on my thigh And as it's doing this, it begins to push its face into my rib cage on my left side. And I can feel my muscles beginning to convulse. And I know that this demon is trying to look at my heart to see if Jesus still dwells there. And just before fear grips me, the presence of the Lord fills the room and the demons flee instantly. And when his presence comes into the room, the room was just lit up. I don't remember turning on any lights. There was just light in my room. And I go to get out of the bed, and his presence is so tangible. It's like shaking my body. And I walk into my bathroom, and I shut the door. And I think to myself, my God, if, if I could just fight these demons now, I'd tear them to pieces. And as I think this, <laughs> my door that I just closed pops back open, and the room's completely dark. And I shift and turn to the side to punch whatever's in there, but there's nothing there. And as I do this, the voice of the Lord speaks to me and says, how can you be so unafraid to fight these demons, but you can be afraid to tell somebody about me? And it just completely deflated me, but it wasn't shaming me. It was actually calling me up. It was calling me to be stronger, to with the same strength that I'm willing to fight these demons, be willing to share his word with others. And so after he says this to me, I go to walk out of the bathroom and I'm heading into my living room. And again... The room is just lit up. I'm not turning on lights. The, the room just had light in it. And as I'm walking toward my kitchen through my living room, the voice of the Lord speaks to me again. And this time he says, they cannot trust their own hearts. And when he says that, I repeat it back to him as a question. I say, they can't trust their own hearts. And as soon as the words come out of my mouth, his presence hits me and my the floor became like a magnet. And my body just collapsed and hit the floor. And I don't know how I didn't hurt myself or bust my nose with how fast I fell to the ground, but the weight of his glory filled my my apartment. And as that happened, I was aware of Jesus. He was high and lifted up. Everything was underneath him. He was seated at the seat of power and authority, but he wasn't far away. He was still so near. And as I see him, I feel this sorrow coming from him. And these great, great sobs are coming from Jesus and I can feel his emotions. But I knew I was only feeling a fraction of his emotions. I knew that if I felt the full weight of his sorrow, it would actually crush me and kill me. My physical body would not be able to handle it. And so I'm aware of my physical body also right now that is wailing and sobbing and screaming in a way that I didn't know was physically possible. And then as, a, as this is happening, now I see a, another person, and they're sitting at the judgment seat of Christ, and they look like this little black dot in the glory of the Lord. It's like a piece of pepper floating in the ocean would be like a comparison. They were so small um, compared to the glory of God. And I'm seeing their life passing through the, the glory of the Lord, and there was loss. And they were seeing, seeing their life from his perspective. And while there was loss, there was also the, the healing taking place as well. And they were seeing how God used all things for the good of this person. And so as this is happening, even though there were a black speck in his presence, now all of a sudden, just like if you had turned on a light switch and the light cast the shadow out of the room, his glory completely covered them. And they look just like his glory. And then his presence lifts off of me. And I sat up for a moment. And while this was happening, (laughs) the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like, I'm going to wake up all the people in my apartment and the police are going to get called on me from the amount of noise I was making as I was screaming. And I'm trying to gather myself and comprehend uh, what I was just seeing. And as that's happening, it was only a couple of seconds as his presence hits me again. And now I'm seeing the judgment seat. But this time I'm seeing a person who doesn't know God and I'm seeing their life pass through his glory. And I'm seeing the sobs coming from Jesus, this great sorrow for them because they could have had his salvation if they had only received Him, And I'm seeing the person who's seeing Jesus now as Lord, as God, and they know that they will never know him any more than what they know him in this moment. And that was actually painful, knowing that they would never know anything else about God than what they experienced in that moment. They knew that his judgment was just, that they deserved hell, and that they deserved to be cast out of his presence forever. And as I was seeing this, if I could have stayed in his presence forever, if that was as close as I could have been to God was where this person was at, I would have stayed there forever and never moved, experiencing the greatest sorrow I'd ever felt. So as I see this and I'm I'm thinking these things this presence lifts off of me, and now I'm not wailing and screaming anymore. And I go to look at uh, myself in the bathroom, and my face is just splotchy and red, and blood vessels had broken out all over my face uh, from how hard I was screaming. All around my eyes and my cheeks, I had blood vessels that had popped and broken under my skin. After that encounter, I would eventually have uh, another dream, in this dream it started off and I was in a a car driving with a man or with an angel I'm not sure if he was an angel or not but as he began to speak I would hear his words experience his words see the event that he was talking about and I had this understanding of the the depth of communication in words and as someone speaks like just for example if I were to say I love this food I might actually just be saying, I really like the way it tastes, but me saying, I love this food doesn't really tell you the depth of what I'm actually trying to convey. It doesn't tell you my thoughts. It just You just hear the word love. Or for example, if I say to my wife, I love you, when I say that, there's this whole level of depth inside of me that's bringing that word forth. The experiences that we've had, the conversations, the relationship that we have, it's all behind that word. So in the spirit, when someone says a word, it can actually reveal like an entire paragraph or a page of information. There can be a depth to that word that is revealed. Uh, Even like, uh, let's say somebody had a bad day and you have a friend that never says a, a curse word. And all of a sudden a curse word just blurts out of his mouth when the next bad thing happens. And you hear that curse word and it shocks you, but what you don't realize is that curse word is carrying like an entire month of frustration and aggravation that got him to that point where that word came out. And so there's this layer and depth that can be behind words that when we're speaking them plainly to each other, we can't see what's actually in the mind and the heart of a person saying those words. Uh, But in the spirit, when someone's talking to you, like in this instance, as he was speaking, the words were actually revealing a story that I was seeing unfold before me. So I was actually taking to the place as he was speaking these words. And what he was sharing with me about was actually the fall of Satan. And I get taken up as he's speaking and I see the glory of God. And I see Satan standing in the presence of the Lord. And I hear the Lord describing this glory that's coming from himself to Satan. I hear him speaking and it's similar to a verse that's found in isaiah 53 jesus is a a bare root from the ground no form of loveliness and as he's saying that i'm aware that satan has no revelation of these words he understands them at face value of what's being said he doesn't actually understand the depths of this glory and the salvation that god is describing and so after he's done speaking these words to him and showing him this glory that's coming from himself, I see Satan carrying this glory that came from God and he's carrying it similar to like how you'd carry an infant. It's like coming from his chest and it actually looks like it's a part of him. It looks like it's shining from his own heart. And as he goes to turn and present it to all the hosts of heaven, he starts to say these words that he has no real understanding of. And once he finishes saying them, he says, this glory comes from me. And as soon as he says that, I see him get cast down from heaven and he fell so quickly to the earth that I saw him strike the earth. And then after he hit the earth, I saw the trail that he took to get there. So it looked like lightning. It looked like he hit the earth and then the flash of his trail was seen. And so after I see this moment, I get taken back into the car with this man or angel. <laughs> I don't know. And I get, I'm get i in the car with him again. And he begins to tell me that there's a great war raging. And as he says this, I get taken to another place. As he's saying there's a great war raging, Philadelphia is a bloody people. And I look at him and I say, why are they a bloody people? And he says, because their head has been cut off from them. And I know that he's talking about a people who have been cut off from Christ, cut off from God. And as I see them, they're all behind this massive fence and they look like they're completely Like beasts. They're just scratching and biting and shaking this fence. They look um, animalistic in nature and they're covered in blood. They all have their head, but they're covered in blood. And Philadelphia means brotherly love. And so there was no love in their hearts for another person, they were only full of selfishness and rage. And so after I see this moment, I'm back in the car with the man and he begins taking me to this place. I know that he's taking me to the place where God is meeting his people. And as we come into the parking lot, I get out of the car and I begin heading to to the location where I know God is going to be. And as I'm heading there, I look over and I see um, a person that I know in the parking lot and they're in their car with their head down. And I know they're about to back up and leave and that they're about to turn away from God. And as I see this person, all of a sudden I see Satan Coming through the parking lot and the way that he was moving through the parking lot, he was driving a car and he actually had on a pair of sunglasses, but he looked like an old man. The wrinkles in his face were deep. And as he drove by, the way he was moving spoke everything. He was like a predator or like a lion slowly moving through the grass looking for a prey to devour. And as he drove by me, he slowly turned his head and everything about him and his presence um, said that he is a murderer. And so I see him driving to where I see my friend and they're about to back up. And I know that he's going to go lay a snare for them. He's going to get right behind them and they're going to back straight into him. And he's going to use this moment to accuse them and devour them. And so as I see this taking place, the spirit of the Lord stirs up in me and I begin walking toward him and I'm speaking in tongues and I'm fighting for this person. I'm trying to fight with Satan to drive him away from my friend. And as I begin to walk toward him, all of a sudden, I feel this weight begin to land on my back, on my shoulders. And I knew it was a counterfeit of the weight of the glory of God. And as it was happening, I knew that demons were just piling on my back, trying to weigh me down so that I would fall to the ground the same way I'd fallen to the ground before the Lord in the last encounter. I knew he was trying to mimic that moment. And so I continued to walk under the the strength of the Lord toward him. And suddenly I get taken a far way back. And even though I get taken this far distance back, I continue to try to press forward as more and more weight is landing on my shoulders. And I wake up from the dream. So after that dream, it was followed up with another dream. And in this dream, it started, I was in a house and I was sitting at a table. While I was sitting at a table, across from me was another believer. And we began talking about spiritual warfare, overcoming persecution and basically fighting the good fight. And as we're having this conversation, all of a sudden I get taken away and I see this battlefield. And on the battlefield, I see this innumerable number of demons. Like it just went as far as I could see. And they were all lined up in rank and they had banners over them and they were organized by strength. So the strongest demon led the rest of whatever demons were placed under his authority. And I knew they all hated each other. They were ready to rip each other apart, but they stood under the same banner, which was the hatred of God and his people. So they were unified under their hatred of God and his people, even though they completely despised each other as well. And as I see them, and I see them in their ranks. All of a sudden I see these, these four greater demons. So I knew that these four demons were stronger than all the rest of the demons that I saw. And as I see these demons all of a sudden I'm made aware of God's people. I look to the to the right and I see way off in the distance God's people and we're just fighting amongst each other. There was no unity in our ranks. And when I see that, all of a sudden I'm aware of Satan and he's laughing and he's boasting in the strength of his army and mocking the weakness of God's army. And as he's doing that, all of a sudden I'm aware of God and his confidence to win the battle even though God's army looked like it was in complete disarray I was aware of God's confidence to still win. I knew that he was going to bring us together in unity under his love the same way that the enemy's army was brought together under their hatred and so after that I get taken back to that table you know I'm sitting at the table all of a sudden, a demon, just like I had encountered in other dreams and other encounters where I'd been awake, comes down the stairs in this house. And the believer that I was just talking with about going to war, um, withstanding persecution and spiritual warfare, as soon as the demon comes down the stairs, he fled and he had no strength in him to actually stand and fight. And then I woke up from the dream. And with that series of dreams, uh, this was the the last one that went along with this group of dreams and it started off. And as soon as it starts, I see this man fully clothed in armor and it was Jesus. And he has this banner over him. And when I see him in his armor, it was perfectly suited for battle. It was terrifying in it's perfection and there was no weakness in it. And as I see him, Right in front of him, probably 10 yards away, is that group of people that I saw in the previous stream. They were completely naked, animal-like, and they're snarling and scratching and biting, but they're not moving forward like there's a fence in front of them that isn't there. They can't take a step forward. And as I see them, and I see this man, Jesus, I began to yell from behind him, I'm, laid, I'm laying on the ground. I want to say this. I'm laying on the ground and I have like no strength in me. And I began to yell from the ground, do not fight against this man. You cannot defeat him. He will defeat you all. You cannot beat this man. And as I began to speak and say this, he turns and looks to me. And when he looks at me, his eyes are burning with a fire. And as he looks at me, that fire pierces me. I can feel that fire burning in me and I have strength to stand up and I stand up. And all of a sudden I have a bow in my hand and the arrows on the bow are burning with that same fire. And I begin to shoot these arrows into this group in front of me. Every arrow I shoot, it goes straight to each person's heart. And as I hit them with the arrows, it hits them. And as it burns in their heart, their eyes begin to burn with that same fire that I just saw in Jesus. And I wake up from the dream. To summarize these encounters and these dreams and why they're grouped together is because there will be a day of judgment. We're all going to stand before the Lord and our hearts can very easily mislead us and betray us. Can we really trust the desire of our heart? Because Satan has fallen to the earth and he is very deceptive. He is very good at making him appear as if there's life in his way when there is none he's a liar and he's a murderer and there is a great war that is raging now in the earth and satan is trying to cut us off from the love of god so that he would not be our head and unite us under the same banner that i saw in his army which was a banner of hatred a people ready to tear each other apart but they were unified in their hatred toward god and his people But in the midst of this, while we may look weak right now, God is going to take the head of the army. He is going to stand at the front of his army and he is going to strengthen us with his love and unite us under his banner of love. So I urge you search your heart, examine your desires. Is there really life in the desires that you have in your heart right now? Search the word of God and search him out and really test your heart and its desires because the hearts of many in this generation are growing cold and they're growing colder. Don't allow your heart to grow cold. Ask God to strengthen your heart with his love, not just for yourself, but for your neighbors. Learn to build a family, learn to build a community and to care for other people with a genuine kindness and gentleness. Don't be drawn into a false sense of comfort that our nation is prospering. Very soon they're gonna say that we are stronger than we've ever been, that we are more successful than we've ever been. And it's all going to be based off of luxuries, pleasures, and wealth of the world. It's going to have nothing to do with a society that's rich in the love of God and the knowledge of God. In the next recording, I'm going to begin to go over the dreams that directly relate to my nation, the United States of America, and the things that God showed me are going to unfold on our land.